Doom Doom Bippers, welcome back to another episode of the Hoffcast. Um, did you guys see? Did you guys see that uh, United flight out of Denver? That uh, they just taken off. They were like in the air for five minutes, and the engine blew up. Did you guys see that? Just happened. Uh, the engine, like they looked like the right engine under the wing, just like it blew off the cover. And then it's on fire. And, uh, and, and there's the crazy thing was there was a video of people on the ground and, uh, they're down on the ground and looking up and they hear a bang and they look up and they see like a little puff of smoke behind the plane. And they're like, do you hear that? What, what's going on? What happened to that plane? Did you see that? Um, and they didn't see the stuff coming down, but then they were showing pictures of it later of uh the uh like the big old engine parts like giant like a a hula hoop ring the size of you know the size of your front door no bigger than that it, it it like was the size of a car you know think about that right side engine on a big airplane it was that ring on the front of the engine which just like flew out of the sky landed in somebody's front yard like thank god nobody was hurt but there's like pictures of that and then they have video on the airplane, like somebody sitting next to the wing took a little video of it, and you can hear audio, and um, and nobody is screaming. What are you, crazy? That your engine just blew off its cover, first of all, and secondly, it's on fire, okay? I mean, like, almost half the plane can see that this thing is on, like, flames are shooting out of it, and nobody is in the airplane screaming. How are you not losing your mind? I have, I've like screamed a little bit at violent turbulence, you know? Or even if the plane makes a funny sound like, you know, sometimes you're on it and all of a sudden it like drops an octave because the, because the pilot like threw it into fourth gear or whatever. It's like, like you ever hear that? I've gone, ha! When that happens, just, ha! Anybody, anybody scared about that? That's not, a, that's not a common noise, right? Like I used to look around the plane trying to make connections with people like that, that you heard that, right? It wasn't just me. And nobody is, is always just me. Nobody else cares if they live or die. Um, but they, they got the video of this, of this, uh, you know, engine turbine and it's on fire and nobody's flipping out. I don't know how that's possible. If I was on flight, I'd be screaming until we land. Just, ah, just until we land. Ah, help me, Jesus. Just, it wouldn't, yeah, you would not get a moment's silence out of me unless I pass out. Maybe, maybe that's what happened. Everybody just fainted right there and then. But I don't know. I'd like to hear the interviews of these psychopaths that were on this plane. These, these ambient fueled, just, turd farmers that are just on there not giving a damn that the plane is on fire not not only is the plane on fire that's scary enough but half of what makes the plane go and keep it in the air is currently on fire and i mean i'm sure you heard it but uh you know the plane you know looped around and they made a a safe landing back at denver they were going to hawaii so uh, i wonder how many people then like got back on another plane you know like like three hours later, 
they said, okay, we got a new, we, <laughs> hey guys, got a new plane, same make and model, here it is, but it, it's got two engines, you guys still want to go to Hawaii? I wonder how many people were like, you know what, nah, I'm good, Denver's fine, we'll vacation here. I think I would, I think, eh, I don't know, I don't know, what would you, what would you all do if you're on that plane and the engine bursts into flames, but you make a safe landing back. Now it's three hours later than you would plan to go, but you're no closer to Hawaii. Like, do you jump back on another plane? I sometimes wonder what I would do because you can't drive to Hawaii. If you're going to, you know, if you're going to somewhere else, if you're just going to Salt Lake or something, like, no brainer, rent a car, <laughs> throw up the deuces, like, bye, United. You're not killing me. Um, you know, I, I always think about that when, when I switch flights, whenever I like jump on an earlier flight standby, I always, or, or like I can't get on standby. That's when I really like to play this game in my head is when I go, Hey, hey, can I get on, can I get on standby this for this earlier flight? Uh, I just, you know, I just have carry on and they're like, uh, sorry. Nope. It's all full. Um, I, I like to like check up on that flight. Like maybe it went down. <laughs> maybe I was saved, you know, by some uh, spiritual force uh, <laughs> looking down on me like, nope, fill the plane because we don't want Hoff to go down. <laughs> um, I like to play that game in my head. Or or I'd be like on the flight, you know, that I – if I do get on that extra flight, if I do get on the earlier flight, then I'm like, oh, I hope this isn't the one that goes down now. <laughs> like I hope I didn't just jump off a perfectly good airplane onto one. You know, there was somebody on that United flight from Denver that like got on last second. You know, they're like, Hey, can I get, can I get, you got any seats? And they're like, Oh, you're so lucky. We've got one left. Oh, good. Cause my original flight didn't leave for an hour and a half. Like, well, you made it. Get on. And then, and then the engine bursts into flames and he's just up there going, damn it. I can't believe <laughs> I put in all that effort just to get here. And now we're going down. And plus then, you know, they, they land. And they loop around. I'm guessing you're not getting off the plane super fast. I'm guessing it sits out on there on the runway and, and they got to like get the fire truck out there and hose it down before they let everybody off. Uh, so probably you miss the next flight and now your early greed is costing you your vacation. But I wonder how many people decide not to go on that trip. I think I would definitely consider it. I think even if it were a family vacation, I'd be like, hey, you know what? Maybe just cut our losses. Maybe quit while we're uh, even. Should we quit while we're even, fam? I, I would call them fam at that point because I'd be shaking. But uh, I couldn't believe that news story. And then they showed the video. I was like, why is nobody screaming? Why is nobody giving a damn <laughs> that that plane might just blow up? That'd be the first thought. Like every three seconds in my head, just don't blow up. Don't blow up. Don't blow up. And then, like, you know, once every five seconds, I'd be like, can we make it back? Can we make it back? Don't blow up. Don't blow up. Don't blow up. Can we make it back? Don't blow up. Don't blow up. That's That would have been the pattern until we landed, which would have been, you know, like 10, 15 minutes later. Like, could not believe that when I saw it. But anyway, uh, this podcast number 83, it's February 22nd of the year, 2021. 
And uh, I had my first comedy show in Los Angeles since last March. 11 months since I did comedy in Los Angeles. And I did it. My buddy and I just started a backyard comedy show uh, called the Freeway Funk Yard. Because it's right, right off one of the freeways here. You can see it from uh, like the audience looks out over the stage. And then you can see it in the background. It's kind of cool at night. Um, and, you know, everybody's socially distanced. We had like... You know, people come in, get some drinks, and have a good time. Uh, it was a blast, man. I tell you what, crowds right now, they we're just all happy to be out. Like, comics are happy. Even comics that normally have, like, a salty disposition. Even the guys that are normally kind of, you know, in a crummy mood when you see them. They're just happy. They're just happy to be out. And crowds are the same. So it's pretty cool that we got to do that. And we're going to have, if you're in Los Angeles, we got another show on March 6th. So uh, check out my website. I've got all my tickets up there. Um, if you can't come to that one, if you're in San Diego, I'm at the La Jolla Comedy Store this weekend. Um, it's what, it's the 26th and 27th? No, three days. I'm there. Um, I'm there with my buddy Mal Hall, super funny dude. Uh, we're going to be doing shows the 26th, 27th, and 28th down in La Jolla at the Comedy Store. And then uh, March 19th and 20th, Glendale, Arizona, Stir Crazy Comedy Club. Get those tickets. Uh, if you're not already, make sure you're subscribed to this podcast. Tell a friend, you know, and rate and review it. Uh, give it a five-star rating. Put in a little comment. Helps me move the podcast forward. Um, getting a lot of good feedback, so I'm, I'm really happy with where this thing is headed. But having said that, I do – I am still struggling uh, with efficiency and organization. I know that's a common theme, and you guys can tell at the um, – you know, I don't always get this podcast up Every single week without fail on the same day. So uh, you can tell, hey, Hoff's, uh, Hoff's a little distracted over there. And, guys, it's nothing new. I'm, I'm still fighting the good fight, though. Still trying to grow. Still trying to get better about it. You know, this ADD thing just kicks my ass. Like, even though I have a list here. I have a list, and I go over that list every day. But it, like, gets muddled. It all gets, like, lumped into one giant mountain that I'm like, I can't climb that mountain right here, or maybe I just don't want to. Maybe I don't think I have the strength to climb the mountain, when in reality, I don't have to climb the whole mountain, you know? Just do a little bit. Just do some, you know? That's that's what they say. Just a little bit is better than nothing. If you listen to my podcast with, with Ryan Stout, you know, that's what he said. He said, you know, you don't have to do the whole thing. You don't have, you know, two hours to go to the gym. It's okay. You know, take a take a five-minute walk. Get something. You know, move move the needle a little bit. It's better than nothing. And so I'm trying to get better about that. But I've had ADD ever since I was a kid. And I remember, you know, even as a kid, I refused medication. They they tried to get me on, uh, it wasn't, it wasn't, Ad, yeah, it was Adderall. They tried to get me on Adderall. It wasn't the Ritalin. That's That was the popular one when I was really young. But I think this one was Adderall. And I remember... I remember the day they came in to try and, like, observe me in the classroom, okay? I grew up in a small town in Nebraska, and we had 26 kids in our class and one teacher. That's all that was ever there. It was fifth grade. I remember sitting in there, and all of a sudden, like, the the resource lady is sitting in there. And, and she never was there. She was never in our room. She only showed up, like, once a month to do something. So uh, I knew who she was, but, I, I, you know, she had never sat in our classroom before. And I kind of knew because she kept looking at me. 
and I'd like turn around and I'd do a little work and then I'd look over at her, you know, cause I was distracted and she'd be looking at me. And then I remembered, I remembered hearing my mom talk to, you know, somebody at the school and, and like I was putting the pieces together, right? Okay. She's here to observe someone. Oh, she's here to observe me. I remember when this got put into place and I was pissed. Like right then I was pissed. I was like, you can't come in and like, what's what's the line that they say like you can't observe nature without disturbing it or some or without affecting it like that like you can't study the penguins without affecting the penguins and that's exactly what i was looking at this lady was just staring at me and so after i figured out that's what she's here for she's watching me i just stood up and i just yelled spy we've got a spy here oh you're here to spy on me are you <laughs> just a little fifth grader yelling at this resource lady and, and, and I think she left cause she's like, oh, well, I'm not undercover anymore. It's not really good studying somebody when he just knows he's being watched. And I was pissed and they were like, yeah, from what she saw in the five minutes before he put two and two together was, yeah, he gets distracted, which I knew, I knew that, but I was, it wasn't like I was a bad student. It wasn't like I was getting, you know, D's and F's. I was just getting B's. And probably a few A's. I mean, it's fifth grade. <laughs> How hard could it have been? But it just, I, I would get distracted because it was kind of boring things. Like, I didn't want to talk about some of this stuff. I'd rather laugh with my friends and, and write funny things down. And so the doctor was like, hey, we're going to put you on this pill. And I still remember, like, looking at the pills that they gave my mom. And I just remember thinking, like, no, like, this is going to make me a zombie. And I, I really didn't see the benefit at all in them. I just saw it and I go, no, I like that my mind wanders. You know, now looking back, I hate that my mind wanders and I can't like focus even when I want to. But I love that it wanders and allows me to come up with creative things. You know, I don't think I'd be a comedian right now if my mind didn't wander. I'd probably be in a lab somewhere, you know, which is a perfectly fine thing to do. But I mean, I'd be like a I'd just be like locked in to, you know, whatever the task was at hand and sometimes I need that, but I didn't want it. And I looked at it and I said, no, I'm not going to take that. I said, why are you not going to take that? And I, and I said this in fifth grade, I said, cause I don't want it to stifle my creative outlet. Like I, I enjoy that. I can think of things that aren't just focused on whatever the teacher wants me to think about. Like, I, I like that. I have that freedom inside my head. And, you know, I, at this point, I don't think I'd seen one flew over the cuckoo's nest. I didn't know what it looked like to be a zombie and just go, you know, basically get lobotomized via drugs. But I, I didn't want that for me. And I told him to go shove it. And I wasn't going to take it. And to my parents' credit, they didn't make me take it. They're like, okay, we think you should, but all right. And, uh, you know, because they could have probably, you know, punished me, scolded me, whatever. And I might have eventually succumbed to it, but they didn't do that. And I told him to shove it. And then I got into college. Um, and I was like, oh man, I'm going to fail out so fast. This isn't fifth grade anymore. So I hit him up and I said, Hey, if the offer still stands, maybe I need a few of those pills. Um, just so that I can focus when I need to. And I still, the doctor was like, Hey, take these, you know, take it every morning. And I started off doing that, but it made me feel sick and it made my heart beat at irregular like it just felt like it was going to beat out of my chest i did not like that feeling at all so i only took it about once a month and it was like when i needed to do a cram session and i was like i really need to focus and it <laughs> i gotta tell you guys it works adderall like i don't know if you take it every day if it still works but it worked like a charm for when i like it first of all 
my heart was beating out of control, so I couldn't go to sleep. So I'd be up, I'd take it like nine at night and just do like a nine hour cram session, uh, until the next morning when I had my test and I fricking focused, I fricking like just zeroed in and it got me through, you know, those hard times in college, but I didn't, it, it made my, it made me lose my appetite. Uh, I just felt sick on it and, and, um, and, and it made my heart beat weird. And then I read something or somebody like you know, joked one day that it's like shown to make your penis smaller. I was like, all right, time out. <laughs> I don't need these problems. I don't need to focus that much. Okay. I'm just be focused on my tiny dong. Like I don't want to do this. So, uh, I only took it for like maybe a year and a half in college just when I had to. And then, and then once I graduated, I was like, that's it. I don't, I don't want it. And there are times I wish I could take it just to like zero in, you know, yeah, I got, I got dick to spare. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, sometimes I wish I could focus. I was really aggravated. I was listening to another podcast. The um, it's the one with Chris Hardwick. I don't know if you guys listen to that podcast. It, I like I, I cherry pick the the people I want to hear on there. And sometimes he's got interesting guests. He had Chris Columbus, who is a big time writer, director in movies, did a ton of things that, you know, he did like home alone, uh, Mrs. Doubtfire. I think he directed the first two Harry Potters. Like he's done some big movies. I think he wrote Goonies. I don't know if he directed it or not, but he wrote it. Um, you know, big, big time guy. And he was talking about it at the end of the podcast. He goes, you know, a lot of people, you know, never end up, you know, making much in this business because, because they didn't put in the work. They didn't do their 10,000 hours. And I, I'm like, well, you gotta, you gotta do that. You gotta log the 12 hours a day. And that's what I do. Even now, you know, I don't know how old he is. He's in his sixties, still doing, you know, 12 hour days, five days a week writing. And I'm like, man, I gotta, I gotta somehow figure out a way to stay focused. Cause when I'm writing in a, like I just finished a script and when I'm writing and working, I love it. Uh, but it's just, it's like getting away from the internet, getting away from, you know, all these distractions that are around my kids that are coming over and I love my kids and I just want to be with them. But man, it's like they come in and they talk to me and then all of a sudden my concentration's just toast or I hear one of them cry and I got to go like, see what's going on. Even though my wife like has got it under control and she can handle it. Uh, although she does enlist me, you know, once or twice a day, she's like, Hey, I'm going to go to the bathroom. Will you just keep, you know, keep your eye open here. And, and that's fine. But man, oh man, I got to focus. I got, I have 23 things on my to-do list. I've done three of them today and this is the fourth. So now I have less than 20. So that's good. That's good. Less than 20 is good. I can cross some things off, but I got to, like, I starred the ones that I wanted to do today. I'm going to see how that works. Like, just like, don't look at it as a list of 23 things. Look at it as like these five things that you've asked, put, you know, put a little star next to. I'm going to see if that works. If you guys have any suggestions or solutions of what works for you to stay focused, please let me know. Uh, as long as it's not drugs, I'm into it. You know, I'll give things a shot. I've got to, Got to figure out how to stay focused because, man, I waste a lot of time. <laughs> I was just talking. We uh, we had we like a play date yesterday with uh, some friends, and, and this guy is uh, from France, and he works for this uh, French company, but he does it out of his house there, and he's got his own little office set up, and I asked him, okay, like because he, he said things were really busy, and I said, okay, but on an average day, like because I sit in front of my office for, you know, I, I sit in front of my computer for seven, eight hours a day. Um, but I mean, 
in that seven, eight hours, there's a lot of BS time. So I asked him like, how many, how many hours a day are you actually working? If you were to like cut out all the distractions, cut out all the, you know, bogus time when you really lump it up. And he goes, um, 10 to 12 hours. And I was like, what the frig? Damn it. Like I got it. I've just like felt like such an idiot for uh, all the time I've wasted. And I'm just like, shit, if he can do that for, it's not even, he's working for someone else. I work for myself. Like I can't put in 10 hours for myself. I can't even focus up enough to do that. It really pisses me off. And I was bummed out. And I like, I, I find it, I used to find it funny and now I'm kind of mad about it. <laughs> it's still kind of funny, but uh, you know, damn it. I, I, you'd think you'd be able to focus when it's your own thing. But it's just taking its toll and pissing me off because that that script that I finished last week, I was supposed to have that finished in November. And I just like just uh, things spiraled out of control. And and it seemed like this unobtainable task. It just seemed like this giant mountain of a thing. And finally, to get it done, I had to like break it down into five uh, separate things that I had to do with the script in order to not look at it as this insurmountable task. I had to like, okay, attack this first one. And that's what they say, right? Like make it in baby steps. Like, like don't try and climb the whole mountain. Just get like, just get a hundred feet up. See if you can do that. And then get the next hundred. You know. But I'm always like, man, this, this is the thousand feet altogether. Like I, I know the first hundred feet. I could do that. Yeah. But look, look what's after that. I freaked myself out. So if you have any suggestions, let me know. It's a common theme here, but just like on top of that, I have no self-control. And that's that's when it comes to like eating. And I don't know if they're tied together. I don't know if they like go hand in hand, like the fact that you can't stay focused and then you like have no self-control when it comes to eating, right? Like I know when I go grocery shopping not to buy certain things because I know that if they're in the house, I will eat them all. I will eat them all. Like I don't, I can't buy a bag of chips at the grocery store because I'll eat the entire bag. It like probably that day I will eat the entire bag. And I'm not a fat guy. I mean, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not the pinnacle of in shape, but I'm not, I'm not, I should be 300 pounds the way I eat. Um, but I, yeah, I have no self control. I even told Sarah this today. She was making a grocery list and I, and I told her, I said, Hey, don't get junk. Don't buy like, and I, I told her this and then I even took her list and I wrote on there the anti, <laughs> the anti list. Like she had her list of things that she was going to buy. And then I put no candy, no booze, no ice cream. Cause if it's here, I will eat it. Like she bought, she bought ice cream two weeks ago that is a flavor I don't even like. And I told her that when she got it, she's like, Oh, I got, I got ice cream. And I said, I don't like that ice cream. She goes, well, I like it. I said, okay, you eat it. And she kind of got pissy with me. She's like, Hey, listen, man, I can't have my ice cream. No, you can have your ice cream. Uh, <laughs> but I don't like it. And so when she had some that night, I was like, no, I don't want any. And it was kind of like, it was sort of a protest. Like I'll show you, I don't like that ice cream, but I just didn't feel like it. And I knew that I didn't like it. It wasn't worth it. But then, like three days later, it was still in the freezer, and I ate it. I knew I didn't want it. I knew I looked at it. It's not like it tastes terrible, but I just don't like it. And I ate it, and I've eaten it twice since. And thank God it's almost gone, but I had some last night, and I had a whole bowl of it last night. And the whole time I was eating it, I was like, damn it. This doesn't even taste good. And I'm eating it. Like I'm already, Plus, I'm full. 
I was already full. I had had like a late night snack. I was brimmed. I could feel the food like up to my esophagus. And I was like, ah, you know what would go well with that? A little topper. Like we're not completely up to, you know, I, I still got some in the, in the larynx that I can fill. And I ate a whole bowl of ice cream. Didn't taste good. And I was like, damn it. Damn it, Hoff. No self-control. My kids got Valentine's Day candy. And, <laughs> and it's crappy candy. It's like off-brand. Doesn't taste good. I've eaten it every time they leave for the park, which is Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Every time they leave, I like raid that candy uh, stash. And the whole time I'm like, this doesn't taste good. Why are you doing it? And I'm eating it. And this doesn't, this shouldn't come. I wish this didn't come across as, as much of a cry for help as it does. But the, I, I need to cry for her help. She just can't get this stuff. Like I know she didn't get the Valentine's Day candy. That's an anomaly. Uh, I'll see you again on Halloween. Um, but, ugh, I just cannot control myself. We have to have good food in the house because we have good options. I'll take the good options. I just want a convenient, easy thing. Yeah, damn it. Back on the candy wagon. Trying to get off. Um, I, I don't know. Maybe she's trying to kill me, you know? Maybe, maybe she's like, you know what? I can get to him. Little by little, just feed him this death food, and he'll he'll pass away, and I can live the life I want to live. But, you know, I got to warn her that my, my life insurance policy only has 16 years left, okay? She just can't come out flat and kill me because they won't pay her. All right, she can't like knife me in my sleep because she she won't get a dime. They'll say no, that doesn't count. I think if somebody else kills me, then she still gets it. I hope that's the case. I hope if it's just like a random homicide that she'll get the money. She deserves it. But I hope they check her phone records. And they're like, did you hire that guy to shoot Nick? Did you did you <laughs> make that happen? You know, and check also check her mom's phone records too, because I don't I don't trust <laughs> I trust her. She might get ideas. Be like, you know, we you could live closer to home. You can live closer to home if I figure this out for you and we'll we'll go out to eat every single night. Take that check for his life insurance. So I you know, I remind her like sixteen years isn't a long time. You you can't I don't know that you guaranteed to kill me off with ice cream in sixteen years. You know, I'll I'll hang on, I'll have a couple of cardiac arrests. But I'll survive those, and, and I'll just be a fat tub of lard. Is that what you want? So you, you gotta like you gotta figure out a different way here, Sarah. So I don't think she's trying to kill me, but that that'd be a slow play if that's what she's doing. I, I wonder. I kind of wonder what their life insurance things are doing with this whole COVID deal. You know, like because uh, a lot of people are kicking it. Are they paying out just through the years? Are this, uh, are they, did they put in like a little caveat? Like, Hey, by the way, pandemics don't count. Like if you catch that, that's an act of God. So who gives a damn? Um, we, I've only gotten one test, by the way, we had a COVID scare, uh, like a month ago, the kids were playing with some kids whose dad got it, which is always how it works, right? It's always like this, you know, seven degrees of Kevin Bacon, or whatever, like where you're all of a sudden counting. It's you know what it is. It's like it's like those old condom commercials where like if you have sex with somebody, you're not just having sex with them. You're having sex with everybody they've ever had sex with. Which then you're by the way, always tripped me out. You know, growing up because I was like, wait, so if I have sex with her, I'm having sex with him and him. Like I don't, <laughs> that's a weird way to think about it. 
um, you know, all of a sudden you're this bisexual <laughs> just swinger. Um, but you know, that's, that's the way it works with this, uh, COVID. They're like, Oh, somebody, my neighbor's, my neighbor, neighbor's garbage boy got it. And so now I got to check it, which isn't my garbage boy, <laughs> even though they're my neighbor in this scenario. Um, so I got to go get COVID tested, right? Otherwise we have to quarantine for 14 days. So I've only gotten the COVID test once and guys, I got to tell you, I know a lot of you complaining about the nose swab and I hear, I hear they're getting less up the nose. Like I hear in the beginning, they were like sticking it all the way to the back of your brain. And so you could bring some tissue down with it. I heard now they're just going up a little bit into the nose. And so that's it. And, but, but I got to tell you, some of these places here do the mouth swab and listen, I know and I get it. It's not as accurate, but. So what? I'm not shoving shit up my nose. So give me the little Q-tip. I'll do it myself. It's like, you know, brushing your teeth a little bit. Just whopping it around in there. Then you put it in the little test tube and then throw it in the giant trash can that has your, you know, has all of them in there. And then two days later you find out, boom, bada bing, bada boom, you're good. And uh, that's a way better way to do it than up the nose. Like I'd rather do, okay, so it's... What? It's half as accurate? Give me two of them. Give me two of the little mouth doilies. I'll swab them both. Just lock it up twice. Let's see if any of them come back positive. All right. I'll quarantine for 14 days. But that is a way better way to do it than just halfway up your brain. So I'm glad that I never had to do that way. My wife's had to do, she's done both ways. She said the first time they did the nose one, they went up there and she's like, oh, that's way up there. And then the lady's like, okay, I'm going to twirl it 10 times. So hang in there. And she like did it slow too. Like one, two, three, like 10 times while it's just swabbing your frontal lobe. <laughs> You're just like, good God. And you pull it out and just like, there it comes like i'm so glad i haven't had to do that but hopefully hopefully we're on the back end of this thing people um you know i i'm we're getting closer and closer to vaccine day for me so looking forward to that some of our friends are getting vaccinated so it's, it's getting closer out here in california i hope you guys are all you know right behind me do a big tour this summer get back to normal like i know a lot of people are nervous about it and i don't want to force you to do anything but i i gotta say at a certain point I just trust that, you know, the doctors and everybody are looking out for us, looking out for our best interests. So I'm going in to get it unless, <laughs> unless it, they all turn to zombies here in the next month. But if, if they called me today and said, come on in to get it, I'd go, all right, I'll be there because I'm just ready, man. I'm ready to get back to normal. I'm just done. I'm done with these masks. Like I still wear them when I have to. I get it. I understand the importance of them. But I, you know, some people are saying, oh, no, we won't have, you're still going to have a mask in two years. You think we won't? And I'm like, that's not a reality that I want to be a part of. That's not what I, that's not what I signed up for here. So hopefully we can all move past it and get back closer to normal and build up this herd immunity. Anyway, um, that's it. I just wanted to get this off my chest. And uh, now I'm down to 19 things. Well, actually, technically, I still have to post this. So it's not quite over. But I appreciate you guys uh, tuning in each time I post a new one. And keep giving me the feedback, man. It's good good stuff. And it lets me know, you know, gives me my encouragement. And that helps me uh, more than anything. Just try and stay focused for, for you guys and, and for myself so I can just 
keep moving ahead, keep fighting the good fight, not letting uh, not letting the doctors and the and the spies stifle my creative outlet. Thanks so much for tuning in. I'll talk to you next week. Doom, doom, doom.